Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary. The days are getting shorter, and you can feel it in the air. Yes, it's that time of year. Pumpkin is finally back at Dunkin'. It's the cozy you've been craving all summer long, now in your cup at Dunkin'. Pick up all of your pumpkin favorites, like the signature pumpkin spice iced latte, or a pumpkin iced coffee, and bakery items like pumpkin donuts and muffins. Sip into something comfortable to celebrate the start of cozy season. Use the Dunkin' app for contactless ordering. America runs on Dunkin'. Today on the Charlie Kirk Show, we sit down with the CEO and president of Live Action, and we really talk about everything you could possibly talk about when it comes to abortion. We get your questions answered. If you guys are pro-life, you guys are going to get all the answers you need from the pro-choice critics. And if you're pro-choice, we hope to change your mind. Buckle up. we got a great show in store. Here we go. Charlie, what you've done is incredible here. Maybe Charlie Kirk is on the college campus. I want you to know we are lucky to have Charlie Kirk. Charlie Kirk's running the White House, folks. I want to thank Charlie. He's an incredible guy. His spirit, his love of this country. He's done an amazing job building one of the most powerful youth organizations ever created, Turning Point USA. We will not embrace the ideas that have destroyed countries, destroyed lives, and we are going to fight for freedom on campuses across the country. That's why we are here. All right, everybody. So honored to be with the founder and president of Live Action, Lila Rose. Don't get behind a lot of organizations in the country, but live action is making such an important difference in the argument for life, which I would say is the most important debate happening out of every debate. Um, it's a question about basic morality, a question about uh, what, what, how do we treat the most vulnerable among us? And so, Lila, first, congratulations and kudos to you for starting an amazing organization that I think has made a significant difference in our country. Thank you, Charlie. Well, right back at you. Well, thanks. So we're talking uh, this week as March for Life is happening. And prior to March for Life was the Women's March, uh, where there was a lot of discussion, um, as they put it, as the fight for reproductive rights. So before we go any further, I want you to introduce yourself, your story, how your advocacy got into this. And then I'm going to play the best I can devil's advocate of every argument that the pro-abortion left uses. So first, tell us a little about your story. (laughs) Let's do it. So I am in Los Angeles. Live Action's headquartered here. We also have an office out in D.C. Started this as a teenager um, almost 15 years ago now because I saw what abortion was doing to our country. I learned about it just as a kid, and I was like, wow, there are almost 3,000 children every single day in our country who are being killed just because they're pre-born, they're not seen as valuable. And the, and the women that are harmed by this, the girls, the families. And so I thought I have to do something about this. And I didn't know when I was starting live action as a teenager and it was in San Jose, California. It was just a group of friends in my parents' living room to educate our peers. I didn't realize that we would help lead a national movement down the line and that we'd become the largest have the largest following for the pro-life movement and educating now millions of people a week. But we just knew we had to reach one person at a time with the truth about abortion, human dignity, and what it's really doing to women and families. And we thought we could change people's minds. And we see people's minds being changed all the time. 
phenomenal. And your content is seen by tens of millions of people probably every month. I look at your content and I find it to be very compelling and very informative. I grew more passionate. I'm now a donor to live action after Thank your you. interview with Dave Rubin. <laughs> Thank you. Where he, pre- he pressed you, uh, respectfully. And I think we're going to get Dave into the total I, pro-life I'm camp. I'm totally with you. Dave's on his way into the pro-life camp for he's, sure. He's been very, I think, moved by you and many others that, that have had conversations about this. And one of the things you talk about, and I'd love to have you elaborate on this, is you describe babies in the womb as pre-born children. Talk a little about how it's important we use appropriate language when describing sure. well, this debate. First of all, in the abortion conversation, so much of it is euphemistic, meaning they're false words that are used to describe, to try to make a really hor- horrible reality sound good. So even the word abortion doesn't really do justice to what an abortion does, which is a violent procedure that literally dismembers a child, a growing human being in the womb or suctions them to death or poisons them to death, depending on the abortion procedure. And so we talk about them in terms of, we talk about human beings in the womb in terms of them being children, because that's what they are. Mm -hmm. I mean, even the definition of the word fetus. So you hear the abortion advocate saying it's just a fetus, right? It's not a, it's a clump of cells. I mean, all this language that sounds very dehumanizing, depersonalizing, but you look at the definition of the word fetus in the dictionary, Merriam-Webster, and it says young one or child. Yeah. We know what this is just a, a name for the gestational age of a human being, but they're a human being just as much as you or I, Charlie. And so we repeatedly say these are children. They have a father. They have a mother. They have dignity just like you and me, and they're worth fighting for just mm-hmm. like you or me. Are you guys in student loan debt? Did you guys believe the siren song of the cartel of the colleges? Are you guys worried about how you're going to get your next payment done? Well, it's okay. It's understandable uh, because there is a path out. It's called Credible. Credible Credible.com is an online marketplace that gets you pre-qualified student loan refinancing rates up from 10 different lenders. Uh, It helps people get out of student loan debt. And if you've got student loan debt, you guys can benefit. Uh, It benefits by a lower rate. You can save on interest or you can lower your monthly payment, which is basically more cash in your pocket. And with shorter loan term, you could get debt free faster. You can consolidate all of your student loan bills in one place. Uh, You have serious peace of mind. Uh, Credible customers have given awesome reviews. I've seen some of them about how much better their lives have been after refinancing their student loan debt. On Credible, you see actual pre-qualified rates from up to 10 different lenders, whereas with some online marketplaces, you get ranges of rates or ballpark estimates. Uh, It only takes a couple minutes to check rates. And when you check a rate, it doesn't impact your credit. I can't stand when credit gets impacted, when you just try to figure out certain rates and you're curious and all of a sudden, boom, next thing you know, your credit gets hit uh, like a bad car accident. That's not good. Uh, they're so confident that they have the best rates. They'll give you $200 cash, $200 cash, $200 cash. If you refinance your student loans with a better rate elsewhere, I mean, how can you beat that? They never sell your data, which is important to me. So you won't receive these ridiculous spammer phone calls from dozens of lenders. So right now, visit Credible.com slash Charlie. That's C-R-E-D-I-B-L-E.com slash Charlie. When you refinance your student loans via Credible, they'll give you $200 gift card. Fill in a couple of pieces of info to find out what rates you are eligible for. Again, that's Credible.com slash Charlie. Refinance your student loans and start saving. So let me ask the question then, when would you argue life begins? Well, I don't even argue it. It's just I acknowledge it because Mm -hmm. it's a scientific fact when human life begins. It begins at the moment of fertilization when that single cell embryo is formed by the fusion of a sperm with an egg. And that's, you open any biology, human biology, textbook, Mm -hmm. embryology, talk to any expert, any scientist who understands how life 
it begins and they'll say, this is the moment when life begins. So we know that from a, without, beyond a shadow of a doubt, it's at the moment of fertilization. I mean, when you're an in vitro uh, technician trying to create life in the lab, you point. are creating that moment of fertilization. You're introducing a sperm into an egg and you're creating that single cell embryo. And then you say to the parents, oh, we have 10 embryos now or whatever mm-hmm. it is. They know what they're talking about. The, the biology books know what they're talking about. The people that refuse to acknowledge this are those that are abortion advocates who are obsessed with dehumanizing these human beings in order to justify their killing. That's, that's very well put. And so the opposition will then say, or people on the abortion side, one of the arguments they make is, but it's not a life or it's not a human life up until and they all have their own arbitrary right. answer to that. Right. So some would say, well, I guess heartbeat is reasonable or brain waves or sentience. Or some would say once they has autonomy outside the mother's womb. So let's just talk factually. What are the current abortion laws in America and how do they actually relate to the rest of the world? Sure. Well, we are, we have among the most liberal, most extreme pro-abortion laws in the world. We're up there with North Korea and China and Canada mm-hmm. as far as allowing abortion up until the moment of birth. So that means that in seven or eight states in this country, because of Roe v. Wade, you can kill a baby for virtually any reason right up until, even if the woman's in labor, right up until the moment before that child is born. The only thing that's protecting that child after they're born is that they exited the birth canal. Before that, they weren't seen as unhuman, inhuman. They could be killed. I mean, it's, it's totally barbaric that we're literally killing children that could survive outside the womb and that this is happening in several states in, including this state, including California. So let's talk about this, the process of development in the womb. So how many weeks when a baby can hear the mother's voice? So that is often in the second trimester, the Mm -hmm. baby, you can can start recognizing their parent's voice. And that's why when they're born there and into the third trimester becomes comforting for them. Mm -hmm. Um, Heartbeat is like 12 weeks. Heartbeat is just three and a half weeks. So 21 days, Um, six weeks, you get brain waves. I mean, it's crazy how quickly in just the first trimester, that little baby is growing. And then by the second trimester, um, past about 22 and a half, 23 weeks, some babies can survive outside the womb so do, if they're do, given medical intervention. Do you find women that have abortions know these facts usually? Often, I think there's a ton of ignorance. So a lot of women are not aware of pre- development, pre- prenatal development. They're not aware of those milestones like the heart beating or the brain, brain waves. They're, they're told by the abortion industry, that it's just a clump of cells, that it's not a big deal. Um, and I think also there's a whole a sense in our culture that abortion is a good option. It's a, it's the right thing to do. And so not only are women, a lot of women just ignorant or not aware, not informed about these milestones mm-hmm. of the development of their baby, about what the abortion procedure actually does. They're also, I think, being told the message that if they get pregnant and they're not ready, quote unquote, or they're in school or they have a job or they're, you know, maybe don't have a lot of money, whatever it is, then abortion is the right option. So it's this twofold thing where yes. on the one hand, they're not given information about their actual pregnancy and their baby. And the other hand, they're being told by society that abortion is going to help them get forward in life. When it doesn't actually help them in any part of their life, it just makes them now the mother of a child who's, who's dead. That yeah. now they have that in their history, that, that heartache and that, that pain that they are now the mother of a child that did exist, but yeah. is now killed by an so abortion. When I go on college campuses and I get these questions, the feedback I get is I'm not allowed to talk about it because I'm a man. Obviously, that's a horrible identity politics argument. It's dismissive of facts and logic, regardless of the messenger of those. Um, cause facts and logic and truth is, 
completely agnostic to the deliverer. Any individual can say it. What, what do you say to the argument when you hear on college campuses, it's my body, my choice, my sovereignty, and you can't tell me what to do with my Sure. Body. Well, first of all, you being a man, I think all the more reason to fight for life mm-hmm. because every child has a father that's a victim of abortion and half the victims of abortion are little boys so and yes. little girls. So we need men involved 100%. Um, so I'm grateful that you're so passionate about this, Charlie. Um, the my body, my choice thing, look. You hear it all the time. I, I, ha- hear it all, I have to ask yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, of course. And, you know, look, I'm a woman. I believe in my bodily autonomy. I believe that I should be making choices about my body and I do. But when I'm pregnant and when I was just pregnant with my son, I just had a baby. Congratulations. Thank you. It's, it's one of the most amazing experiences of my life. But when I was pregnant with my son, there was another body in my body. There was another human being in my body. He's a boy. I didn't have male body parts all of a sudden. That's a very it was his, good point. It was his body in my body. Yes. And our bodily rights end where another person's bodily rights begin. So the fact is, I don't have the right to go hurt somebody else's body, period. It's a very good point. So to say, you could ask the question to a pro-abortion activist, and I'm going to do it this semester. When you're pregnant, how many heartbeats are there right. in your body? That tells you how many people there are. That's a yeah. very good point. I'm and if use it's it. twins, there might be three or more. There that's, might be that's four. A, so. That's great. So other people will say, but life does not begin until the individual can be independent of right. somebody else's care. What do you have to say about that? Well, this is a common argument. Yeah, by it's the a very common industry. argument. And there's like the case of the violinist. Like if you have a, I don't know if you've heard this, but if there's a famous pro-abortion argument. The violinist is if you are a person and you're hooked up to this famous violinist who needs you for life support and you're only allowed to unplug them after nine months, is that a fair use to give your body to this violinist? Do you have the right to unhook them? This is the argument to say, you should not have to have another person dependent on you, right? Mm-hmm. That's the idea. Why should you have to have this world-famous violinist dependent on you? Here's the thing. First of all, children are dependent both in and outside of the womb, okay? They're dependent. My newborn needs me or another adult caretaker to care for them, care for him, or he, will, he, he won't be able to survive. So dependency does not indicate how human we are. It actually can speak how that we're not human. It actually can speak to how human we are because human beings are made to be interdependent and dependent at certain times in their life. That's a very That's good just point. part of our human community. And every child is dependent both in the womb and outside the womb in different ways. So our dependency doesn't take away our value. Actually, it makes us more that makes us in a position that we should be valued more by those around us and cared for more by those around us. And one other thing on the violinist argument, the reason that that argument doesn't work is because a child is not a world famous violinist. I mean, maybe they'll grow up to be one. So build out that argument more just so Basically, I, I've never heard Yeah, this. the pro-abortion argument, it's kind of a famous one, says, hey, the reason that it's okay to have an abortion is because if, if in a situation where you, if you, Charlie, were hooked up to a world famous violinist who needed to literally your body to stay alive, would you have the right to walk away from them so, and, and allow them so to die? So what do you mean by hooked up? Like, Meaning some form of life support. Your organs were helping them oh, survive. Okay. You were still alive, right? Like a pregnant mom is still alive and walking around, but you, your body is being used by this other person, right? First of all, I would say, if that's what it takes to keep another person nine months alive, that's, I think the, the, the loving thing to do would be to try to help them. And yeah. let, you know, it's not, it's not, you're still alive, right? I'm trying you're, to understand the logic in there. Well, argument. I don't think it's very logical. Yeah. The other bigger point though is a child, all of us started life that way. You that's and I correct. both started life needing our mother, being dependent on her. Do you think her. these people are self-loathing of their own existence? I think there's definitely, 
I, the term for that is antinatalism, this idea that it's better to not be born. Yeah, I do think that that's a big ideology that underpins a lot of the pro-abortion movement for yes. sure. This idea that life isn't worth it. It's better to not exist. It's very and it's nihilistic so and it's, very dark. Yes, it is. And it's, you know, life is beautiful. Life is a gift. And, and human beings, if you can't agree that human beings have ultimate dignity, that they're, they're worth fighting for, that they have human rights, then yes, abortion is, becomes okay. Genocide becomes okay. All the human rights abuses of the past become okay. So a common argument I get on campus and it's, I'm going to try it. I'm going to, I'm doing my best I, I can to well, make the, the arguments argument are kind them. of illogical. So it is sometimes I'm, hard I'm, to, I'm parroting yes. bad arguments, Go but I'm doing it. it for the sake of our audience. They say, but what about rape incest life of the mother? Right. And so, First of all, talk about statistically how common or uncommon these actually are because it dominates the entire debate despite being how often and how frequent? So according even to Planned Parenthood's research arm, Guttmacher Institute, it's less than 3%, as little as less than 1% of all abortions are because of rape, incest, or the life risk to the mother. So say that So again. we're talking about a fraction. We're yes. talking about one maybe to up to three percent of all abortions so almost a million abortions a year are for those reasons and so the other reasons would be what 97 to 99 percent would be what? i mean convenience it's convenience so that's it's, really what it's about it is about that. i saw Lisa milano go on television and say the the republicans or the conservatives or the pro-lifers however she said it it was all about making sure that women can't have abortions and rape incest of or life of the mother they use those sob stories as justification for the 99%. Yeah, convenience abortions where we're literally having abortions because we just didn't feel up for it. We're a student. We maybe already have a couple kids. Whatever the reason is, mm -hmm. they're, they're not life, life or death reasons. Even that being said, there is never a medically necessary reason to have yeah, an abortion. Talk about that. I've heard you said this on Dave Rubin. Yeah. And so I have to press you on that. Can you sure. explain this that? This is something that's really misunderstood. And it's not just my opinion. This is the position of thousands of board-certified obstetricians, gynecologists, medical experts mm -hmm. um, through APLOG, an association that live action often quotes and features. They say abortion is not a medical necessity. And what that means is... As a doctor, there are ways to care for both the mother's life and the child's life. You don't need to kill the child directly in order to save the mother's life. You can maybe deliver the child, maybe do a, an early delivery. You can try to treat the condition the mother is facing. But there's never a situation where an abortion procedure, which is the intentional direct killing of that baby, is necessary. If she she has cancer and she undergoes, for example, chemotherapy, and that harms the baby in her womb, that's not an abortion procedure. So that doesn't mean that mm -hmm. the abortion procedure would be medically necessary. She could still have that that medical treatment. So this is a big myth that the abortion advocates push I mean, to try to they, scare women and say that we need they abortions. They put up examples of women that said, well, my doctor said if I had this child, it would have resulted in X, Y. I've seen these advertisements. Right. I've seen these alleged testimonials, and I can't. I can't cite them. Right. And we see it all the time. I'm but, sure you're but the reality but, is, the reality is there are ways to care for both. So it's very rare, uh, without no doubt, uh, life of the mother, incest and rape. So, um, some people would say, but you know, those are reasonable exceptions. Sure. What would your, what would your response be? Sure. Well, first of all, we just talked about that life it's not mother. medically necessary. And, and just to one, one point of clarification. Some of the listeners might be wondering, or maybe they had an experience with something called ectopic pregnancy. That's when the baby, instead of implanting in the uterus where he or she can grow, implants in maybe the fallopian tube, it's called a tubal pregnancy or somewhere else. 
in that situation, removing that baby, because the baby can't grow there, they will die in that situation and that can harm the mother. Removing that baby is a tragedy. There's no technology we have right now to reimplant the baby in the mm-hmm. uterus. I wish we did. That's not an abortion procedure. That's the point, very good. That's point. very. There's a big distinction there because so, they will. The abortion advocates will say, "Well, because you might have to remove an ectopic pregnancy, therefore abortion's okay." No, 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 no. So what is that then? What is the uh, what is the description of that procedure? Then? The description of that procedure. There's a few ways to do it, but typically you go in there and you remove the part of the fallopian tube where the baby is, or you just remove so the you baby. So you try from to the, give it space to be able to develop. Well, or? unfortunately, we don't have the technology right now to reimplant that baby what's the frequency I, of this i wish we did um yeah. it's in the low percentage point so it's it's very rare but it does happen um i wish we had the technology to save that baby's life and so that would not be an abortion no because so it's not I'm, the intentional, intentional yeah it's not the direct and intentional killing you're removing the baby from a hostile environment because the baby's going to die in that position they can't grow in the fallopian tube and you're also doing it because the mother's life is at risk too so that's a situation that's very complex but ethically speaking it's not directly or intentionally killing that child and that's what every abortion procedure does got it so that that's the distinction you make to say that's not an abortion correct because it has to do with the intent of the action that is intentional and the and the direction of the action that it's a direct killing when you remove that baby from a fallopian tube you're not directly killing that baby that baby is going to die in a hostile environment in that fallopian tube if you leave him or her there i would again i wish we had more technology to treat these situations one day we will well we should i mean we're spending all this money giving it away to planned parenthood we give them over half a billion dollars a year to the abortion industry why don't we use that to improve maternal health (laughs) anyway president trump cut a little bit thank god but um there's still too much going way too much so then rape and incest. Yeah, rape and incest. Too. And then I want to get back to one of the things you said earlier. So rape and incest. This is sure. something I get all the time. Sure. No, we get it all the time. And um it's really just extremely hor- hor- horrific cases here. I mean, we're talking women that have been horribly mistreated or girls, young girls, and in the situation where any there's any victim of of assault, you know the perpetrator needs to be held fully accountable. We need stronger laws on the books. The, the laws are unbelievably weak. An average rapist will serve serve five years in prison. Agreed, they're unbelievably weak. And there's even some weird stuff where some rapists can get paternal rights in some states. So there's all kinds of weird stuff that can be improved. Yes. Um, that being said, look, the the criminal there is the rapist. They're the criminal, and. We don't even give the death penalty to rapists in this country. In fact, federal law prohibits it, that you can't give the death penalty to a rapist. So why would we give that death penalty Mm. and abortion to that innocent third party, which is a child who didn't get to choose how he or she came into the world? And, and, and also just as important, the woman, you know, for her healing, having an abortion, if she does get pregnant in a rare situation, she gets pregnant after an assault, having an abortion is not going to help her heal. It's not going to take away the trauma of the rape she yeah. endured. You know, it's, it's another violence against her and now this innocent baby. And it's just going to add more violence to her. And it's not going to help her look back or have a flashback of that's always going to take it away of the rape she experienced. It's just going to add more trauma. So for her sake and the child's sake and for the sake of justice, we should care for them both. Some would say, and even some conservatives would say, but you don't want to force the woman to have that child, right? That's what they would say is that you're now forcing her to have a child that was forced upon her. Well, that child exists. I mean, I think that's this language of like, we shouldn't force her to have the child or this child was forced. I mean, once there's a child, there's a child. So if that's a human life, like you or 
you or I are human lives and we don't kill children once they're born, we shouldn't be killing them before birth either. So yes, it's, it is a horrific event. That's why rape is so horrific. The fact that it can't even bring life into the world. I mean, it's so horrific, but again, an abortion is not going to help her heal. It's not going to take away the violence. And this is one good thing that can come. This little life, they're, they're good in and of themselves. How they were conceived is horrific and violent, but they should not receive the death penalty for the crime of their, of their father. So I have, a, I have another question. That- and by the way, rape survivors, when we talk with them, we interview them all the time. We interview children conceived in rape. We actually look at studies that have been done. By and large, the vast majority of those who do not have an abortion and they were raped and they actually give life, they say that that actually helped them with their healing. I mean, it's amazing to see these stories. So we also have to take that into account that this can be an opportunity for healing as opposed to more more harm for her. Did you know two out of three guys will experience some form of male pattern baldness by the time they're 35? The good news? With today's advancements in science, Keeps offers proven treatments that can combat the symptoms of hair loss and help you keep the hair you have at half the cost of your local pharmacy. You don't have to go broke to avoid going bald. Keeps offers generic versions of the only two FDA-approved hair loss products out there. Some of you may have tried them before, but probably never for this price. Plus, Keeps now offers a prescription shampoo to keep your scalp healthy too. Find out why Keeps has more five-star reviews than any of its competitors, and nearly 100,000 men trust Keeps for their hair loss prevention medication. Keeps treatments start at just $10 a month, plus a limited time you can get your first month free. That's one heck of a deal for getting to keep your hair. So I personally don't have this problem. In fact, they say that hair loss runs by the great uncle in your family. There's some weird study on your mom's father of he had a full head of hair his entire life so i'm just fine in this category but i see some of my turning point alumni getting kind of thin upstairs getting kind of thin do something about it if you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss go to keeps.com slash kirk to receive your first month of treatment for free that's keeps.com slash kirk k-e-e-p-s dot com slash kirk you might be wondering why i've lowered my volume because it's very important it's keeps.com slash kirk that's keeps.com slash kirk we begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way so pick up your mccafe iced coffees close your eyes and deep sip in and deep satisfaction out ah <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary. So you said something earlier, and this is a this is a tough question for people in the pro-life movement to wrestle with, so I'm definitely going to ask it, uh, is the, when does life begin? You said it begins at conception. So some would ask the question, does that mean that you know the position would be to get rid of plan B to make that illegal? What, how would you wrestle with that? Well, I think it's pretty straightforward. Any drug, whether it's Plan B, and there's or abortifacients. The, yeah, right? exactly. I mean, and there's there's a question mark about Plan B. Does it really cause abortions? I think it has the potential to, and so that's why it's very problematic. Anything, but it's hard to know how many it causes. Any drug that also works as an abortifacient mm-hmm. would be unjust. It would be it's designed to kill. So if the drug is designed to kill, then it shouldn't be used. That's that's a very. Um that's a very clear answer. And some people on the right would, you know, would. But if, it, if it's just a pure contraceptive, that's different. But if it's a contraceptive that's also designed to kill, to be so an the abortifacient, argument, then the, that's a problem. The argument is as soon as that spark happens, right, sperm and egg meet, 
there's something spiritual, special, and moral about protecting that basically well, is the position, you just right? You have a unique individual human life. So it's the, it's a biological fact that this is a complete person. Yes. And all they need is time and nourishment to grow. Literally, they need nourishment from their mother and they need time to get bigger. Mm-hmm. But they're fully there. The, all their DNA is there. Their eye colors determine their hair, their wow. height, everything. And they're them. They're just tiny. Yes. And they're the ones that are in the most need of protection. Yes. At that very moment. Yes. Um, Michelle Williams recently, what, uh, Golden Globe. I don't, I'm sure you saw yeah. this speech. So sad. Um, you might know this, um, but she was, pre- she's pregnant. Yeah. And so what did you, what did you, what was your take on her entire speech? Cause a lot of young women look to that as inspiration that that nine ounce golden globe award is more important than a nine pound baby in her arms. And basically she said, if without an abortion, I wouldn't have been able to win. Right. Win, I, win I mean, award, yeah. it's, it's, um, it's heartbreaking to say that a little metal trophy is more important than a human life. And it, 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 that's no way to be happy. That's no way to live on your deathbed. Are you going to be surrounded by your metal trophies and feeling loved? Mm-hmm. Or do you want to be surrounded by your children and feeling loved or the people that you loved back? So life isn't about things. It's not about success. It's not about fame. It's about other people. And if we don't live that way, we're going to be, have really miserable lives. So I feel for her and I feel for the trauma she must have experienced that she's now burying from that abortion because look, Every abortion is a loss. Mm-hmm. And if you don't grieve, if you don't allow yourself to grieve that loss, that child that isn't here now because they were killed, how can you really heal? You don't really move on from that. You just bury it. And then it, it, it comes out in other ways. There's there's an, another movement called Shout Your Abortion, which you're familiar with, which I find to be unbe- beyond horrific. Uh, and then abortion is normal. You mm-hmm. might have saw that yeah. recent display. I know. Really gross. Really it's awful. Everything that we were told would never happen in the pro-life pro-choice discussion. I don't call them pro-choice. I call them pro-abortion, which is that now they're glorifying the termination of a human being. Right. It's not just the practice of it. It's now the celebration of it. I mean, I think it is to be expected when they don't really have another option. I mean, think about it. If they give us ground and say, you're right, abortions are really tragic and sad, so we should eliminate some of them. They're already shaking our hand for pro-life legislation, right? And, and, and pregnancy resource centers and the whole work of the pro-life movement. But if they have, they have to be extreme. They have to say, no, it's great. It's awesome. It's so wonderful. Shout it, you know, celebrate, hold up the, the, the trophy you won because of it, whatever it is. Um, and I think when we expose that, when we sh- talk about it and we also show the compassion for people who've been hurt by abortion, people just, are not wanting to be part of that. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not an inspiring movement, the abortion movement. It's not a positive one. Um, it's built on lies. It's built yeah. on bloodshed. And I think that's why they're, they're losing. Well, I think an indirect result of all this is we have very weak men in America that abandon women and they're left with very few choices to go to abortion factories. Um, it's not the only reason. There's a lot of reasons for why this has happened. So I rough estimates, 3000 preborn children a day. 90 sec, 90, one every 90 seconds. So right in the course of this podcast, you know, more or less 19 preborn children were terminated. Just something to think about. But men far too often abandon women and women feel as if that this is the only option, which of course is nonsense. Um, we want to comment yeah, on no, that. Yeah, no, I think, I think that's a really great point, Charlie. I think the, the dynamics between men and women are so broken down today. And, you know, there's so much lack of respect, lack of commitment. Um, sex is not seen as special. It's just seen as this like pastime, something you do. And then, oh, oops, we're pregnant. Okay, go get an abortion. It's right? like a form of birth control. It's like a form of birth control. And 
even then, like even with birth control, half of the women getting abortions was on, was on birth control in the month before they got got pregnant. So birth control doesn't all of a sudden is not a magic thing that prevents you from ever getting pregnant. There's a failure rate. So the bottom line is if we treat each other with disrespect, if we don't see each other as special, unrepeatable, irreplaceable human beings, Mm -hmm. and we don't value things like marriage and family and kids, then yeah, we're going to create a society of really unhappy people, women bitter, bitter and angry at men, men mistreating women, and a lot of abortions. And that's what we have. And that's what we have, but we don't have to have that. And that's what I'm so passionate about without live action and everything else is that we can do better than that. And yes. women can ask for better in their relationships with men and not be, you know, approach sex and intimacy as something more sacred and special than the way our culture says it mm-hmm. is. Men can treat women better. We can be more pro family and see children as gifts and not threats. I mean, this can be a really beautiful way we can live in, in yes. harmony together as opposed to turning to violence. I completely agree. So let's kind of close on these thoughts here. I visit campuses a lot. I think this is a winning issue. I think we're going to win on this issue. Agree. I'm around way too many people, though, in kind of the ruling class that are, quote unquote, Republicans that say to stay away from this issue. What do you have to say to that? I think you're right. And I I remember being a young activist on Capitol Hill um, with the first defund Planned Parenthood legislation Mm -hmm. in 2011 and being told, oh, this is not, we'll never do it because this is not a winning issue or whatever. I'm like, this is a winning issue. People are passionately pro-life. The pro-abortion movement is shrinking. And yeah, I mean, I think we need to get more leadership out there and it's been great to see president trump who has been strong on life it's yeah he's been, been better than george I mean, w bush thanks thank so glad so thankful for that i mean yeah. you're right he has been better than george w I mean, bush george bush's wife was a pro-abortionist so. that too and also he didn't touch planned parenthood funding no, laura bush is yeah I mean, I'm, you're she's right. a nice woman she's and nice, barbara and and her predecessor and barbara it's just the way it is and, and it's and, and it's, i have respect for the bush family i mean nothing you know, in a pejorative, it's just yeah. true. I'd so. love to hear Melania come out and say some pro-life things. I think yeah. she, I bet she would if she got to interview her, Charlie. Let's, yeah, see, let's we'll hear her we'll say it. Happens, but right? no, I, I think you're spot on. And but I think the t- the tide is turning. I think more and more people are pro-life. Our generation is increasingly pro-life. We see people becoming more pro-life all the all the day long. And I think the smart politicians are going to wise yes. up to that. Well, and I I can see it in my own circle, my family circle, my friend circle. I have people that were not indifferent, but they were you know soft pro-life. Now they are firmly pro-life it's awesome and um the more science the more technology i mean roe versus wade was decided with very let's just say medieval ultrasound technology right i mean basically we didn't know what we, we didn't know, know as much for sure and and actually ironically justice blackman who penned the roe v wade decision said if it can be determined that we can discover that they're persons that these are like human beings if we if we knew somehow that they were then this whole case would fall apart and they would be protected under the 14th amendment So, and they should be protected under the 14th amendment because they're human beings like you and I. So I think Roe v. Wade's days are numbered for sure. And I would, I think you're going to be a very key reason for why that happens. So I hope so. (laughs) Everyone listen, uh, go to live action, check it out, donate, support to it. And this is going to be the, the, look, the left, this is one of the left's biggest vulnerabilities. This will be a 70, 30, 80, 20 issue very quickly. Uh, but it's also, look, we need Republicans to stop running to the hills and acting like this is a third rail issue. And I'm just going to say it. It's a lot of people that are in suburbia that want to make sure that they have access to abortion. And I enough of that. Seriously. And that's what it is, though. It's an upper middle class luxury that people want to be able to quietly be able to get. Well, and then they claim it's for the poor. But what the poor need, what the underserved need is better education, better access to opportunities, whatever it is. They don't need to kill their children. 
I mean, that's not going to elevate people that are underserved yeah. and, in our and, country. And just to, just so everyone understands the, the statistics of abortion in America. So the black population is more or less like 13% of the U.S. population. About half of that is women, and about half of that is um, uh, infant-bearing age, basically, child-bearing age. So about 3.5% of the population in America are black women that are able to have children. They compose 40% of the abortions. So 3.5% of the population in America is 40% of the abortions. The abortion rate in the black community is three to that's five why, times greater the, than the white That's community. why the portion of their population control, uh, population has been controlled by. But that was, that was the design. Planned Parenthood's founder, Margaret correct. Sanger, spoke at KKK meetings. She wanted to limit and control minority and, and low income populations. And Jesse so. Jackson used to call it black genocide. He did. He yeah, did. Now, now he says, now he says he's pro-choice, but yeah. he used to call yeah, it. He just doesn't want to lose flipped. his contracts and all that. It's a political thing. That's right. Lila, thank you so much. Everybody thank support you, Live Action. Thank this you so great. much. What a great show that was with Lila Rose from Live Action. And if you guys want to get involved with Turning Point USA, go to tpusa.com. That's tpusa.com. Make sure you guys are subscribed to The Charlie Kirk Show. Give us those five-star ratings. Uh, thank you guys so much for supporting the show. It's imperative you are subscribed to The Charlie Kirk Show. Type in Charlie Kirk Show. Hit subscribe. Until uh, next time, this is Charlie Kirk, host of The Charlie Kirk Show. Thanks so much. Hey, what's happening, man? It's Tip T.I. Harris. Come check me out, man. Join me on my new podcast called Expeditionally. Exclusively available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Now, every week I'm going to be talking to people who move the culture forward, who are shaping and changing the world in their own way. You're going to hear some shit that will change your life and move the needle in your world. Expeditionally is exclusively available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Now, what I need you to do is download and subscribe to Expeditionally with a new episode dropping every Thursday. Do it expeditiously. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary.